Hello everyone, welcome once again to Marketing Meanders with Sally and Sam and today we are as the, well as you can tell by the lights on my face, it's uh, it, it's pretty dark outside again so I'm going to my little weather report, it's summer has has partially sort of, I don't know, it, it's Left on us. hold isn't it, <laughs> it's, it's, it's gone away so we thought we'd try and bring some some light and some some excitement to your lives um, and uh, and talk about branding so today we are, I think well as we typically do, we're going to meander through brand what is brand can we control it who owns it all those kind of questions but i think we wanted initially to to work out um from a marketing perspective and small business i suppose when you're setting up a small business um so people will say to you uh so this is this is your brand then you know and here, here are brand assets from a marketing perspective you hear a lot about brand assets but you don't often i suppose in a smaller business have anybody who's sort of head of brand or responsible for brand and 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 therefore is the person sort of the driving force to to try and um utilize the brand i suppose but i think there's also the the really big problem is the fact that almost everyone seems to have a different view about what brand is and i think there's a huge amount of misconceptions there about what it is because it's used the word is used so often um, in so different contexts particularly by marketers um, that it's, it loses meaning and also I think there's just a huge amount of misconceptions about it. So I was going to start off with sort of putting, putting a question to Sally, I suppose, about what do we think, um, you know, brand isn't, I suppose, is perhaps a good way to start or what branding isn't. Uh, and then we can sort of build towards what we think brand is and then more the question okay. about who owns it and how do we, you know, manipulate it or, or do anything with it, and can we? So yeah, oh. this is really this this whole subject is really interesting because nobody, to be honest, I'm very proud of any any of our listeners that go, yes, I know exactly what branding is, and then they tell you, because actually, we all think, oh yeah, yeah, I must look after the brand. Does that mean I've got to get the logo right? So I've always got it's got to be the right size, the right colour, and in the right place. Is that brand? Have I got to make sure we've got a good strap line? Is that the brand or is the product the brand? What it, We don't really know what it is, but as marketeers, funnily enough, I'm just for a client just now, I'm writing some brand guidelines, which are, and people think, oh, that's what the brand is. And you think, that God, that's very dull then. This brand is really dull because actually I've spent hours writing what font size it should be, where it should be placed on a, on a page, how to invert it, black on white, white on black. And you think that's not what customers are responding to. Customers are probably not going, God, this looks a great brand. Look, it's in font seven and yet they've made it work black out of white. And you think, nah, that's not what they're responding to. That's for us marketeers to make the brand sing. But the brand is something else behind all that, um, those widgets at the front that's not what the brand is the brand is your why and that's why you why your brand cares about your customers what benefits your brand is to your customers it's all of those things so like coca-cola there was a there's an interesting story coca-cola when it started did actually have cocaine in it because that's why it got its name I mean that's what it was for and and it made you feel better funnily enough gave you a buzz and that's what the brand was the brand was probably something like this makes you feel good I mean then that was fine but this makes you feel good and but coke is something that makes you smile isn't it you have a coke and you think oh that was lovely 
and it makes you better because it's full of fizzy pop and it's probably full of e-numbers and it, that's what makes you go faster but that's what the brand is the brand is the feeling it's not the coca-cola logo it, it now nah, that that red logo is very nice and it makes you feel like that it's the feeling that the brand is and it's making that feeling happen that you have to do mm, absolutely that, that's exactly it isn't it i mean and and I was I was watching somebody talking about this a branding expert um, on a video recently, and and he was saying about as you say it's that feeling, but it's also the fact that and this makes it really tricky for for marketers because I think marketers and, and people in the business in particular when they're starting up a business they want to feel that they own the brand and that they they develop it and that actually they can control it. I think all these branding elements and branding assets, logos, fonts, websites, color palettes. They are all just, um, they are um, things to help insecure marketers feel that they're in control of, of the brand where they're not. Because as you say, the brand is a feeling in the, uh, beauty is in the eye of the beholder and their brand is in the mind of the audience. Yeah. And therefore this guy said that, so you think that you've got a brand, you don't. You, you have millions, depending on how big your audience is, you may have millions, you may have thousands, you may have hundreds, you may have tens of people who they own that they have the brand in their mind and so therefore the, uh -huh. the brand is that feeling that set of emotions and emotional triggers in the mind of your yeah. customers and therefore that's really scary isn't it from a marxist point of view because you think oh my god shit how how on earth do i influence all these people in, in a million different yeah. ways to make them feel like this but as you say it's then it's connecting with your your very 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 simple why the essence of the of the center of everything you do. So really, as marketers, I for, I think from my perspective, it's more a case of how do I, um, you know, we were talking about culture the, the other day, weren't we? Because I mean, the culture yeah. of the company should absolutely the people in the company should embody the brand in in many ways, and and therefore you're yeah. trying to access and therefore communicate that to the world. And make that simple sort of, um, it's like the Inception, the film Inception, you know, you're putting one simple idea, aren't you, in the mind yeah. of someone, then it it takes on its own individual um, idiosyncratic um, elements around that. So around yeah. Coke, uh, for example, around Coca-Cola, yeah, you, you associate it with, we used to have a Coke after football or had it as a kid and it makes you think, yeah, that's, that's like a a party perhaps or or you know yeah. red bull something we had before going on a night out to be you know ready to get yeah. going you know whatever it might be it's it, again it's that set of your own idiosyncratic emotions around um uh, that experience that brand experience because everyone talks about brand experience don't they as well yeah. but but well, that <laughs> absolutely means the customers own the brand your audience your customers own your brand and i mean that's why when coca-cola um a little while ago it actually changed its recipe it made it made a change to its recipe and before any of those and a lot of those customers has actually ever tasted it they all said this is awful this can't happen because they own the brand the brand is their knowledge of that so in a way as marketeers we're there to introduce people to the brand not to say this is what it is it's to say we love this do you love it as well? So that's why you ought to listen to your audience and see what they're saying about your brand. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's almost, you've seen that with a few people recently, haven't you? It's, it's quite a, it all, it's all either a massive mistake, which actually turn, you can turn to your advantage where you do something like that. And, you know, like or Cadbury's, for example, changing like the amount of chocolate yeah. and cream egg or whatever it might be. And it, it's either sort of like you think it's a cynical ploy. They've done it to, to what looks like a PR disaster that actually turns into something that's very positive. But it's a very clever way of almost like making the brand break cover, isn't it? It's like yeah. sort of breaking it, oh. break, break out from the bushes 
of your yeah. audience and go, ah, so that's what it is. That's the essence of what this is. Okay, right. Yeah, yeah. Now we know because they've all told us because they they clearly they have an emotional response to us doing something about this. Therefore, there must be that's what they want. Is you know what what is it about yeah. the product? Therefore, that that we are that we that yeah, we need to focus on. That's really interesting. Maybe I mean I can't remember, but maybe Coca Cola then did round it off with lots of marketeers doing campaigns and advertising about the flavour. Maybe they moved the language into talking about what it tastes like rather than how happy it makes you feel. It's interesting because it, I've not thought of it like that, that, it, that that could, as you say, when it's, once it's broken cover and you've asked your audience what their brand means to them, then it's a really powerful thing to do because you can go, brilliant, now we know. <laughs> exactly. Let's change our messaging. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly, and and, and that's 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 it, it's interesting when you have that because because I think that and there's two things I suppose if someone's listening to this from a sort of small business <coughs> perspective, I mean obviously you've got we've got some large company examples, really well established global brands, and usually those are the ones we sort of obviously can use to to illustrate points. But it's interesting when you're starting out, isn't it? When someone says so, say they get a marketer in to say, right, I need you to help me develop the brand. So the first thing they're probably going to do is like, what's the logo? What's the colours? Well, how's it going to look on the website? And then, yep. and so often you see people do that before they've done all the, the, the work beforehand to actually find out. So handbags, let's go back to our handbags. So yep. we've got our handbags and then we need to understand, well, what is it about the handbags that is actually pe- people want? So you need to start somewhere. I mean, I suppose some of the, the small companies that do particularly well, the ones that they you know, when you sort of think someone decides to start up a business anyway in the first place, they've probably done it because A, they want, they like the idea of work for themselves, they have a passion for what they're doing, um, but also they've spoken to a number of people to, to understand the need, that there is a there's an unfulfilled need um, and therefore that's why you're starting a business, isn't it? So this goes back to being an entrepreneur and, and, and coming up with an idea, isn't it? And then all that market research, whether it's formal or informal that you've done beforehand to understand that need and then try and encapsulate it within your offering. So you're saying people really need, I don't know, uh, they, 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 they need sustainably sourced handbags, leather handbags, you know, so yeah. you go, well, I'm really into sustainability and conservation. Great. And I'm, I'm really skilled with leather working and I am my part time. So I'm going to start up a business and here we go. And then you do it. And then, you could you you have to sort of have, almost have a starting place, don't you? Understanding enough of what your customers want, what they need, what your plan is, what your strategy is, with the audience, and then start and then test and try it, and then then as you say, you've sort of then you've you've initiated the ownership with your audience, and then you've got to just it's the listening again, isn't it? To then say, yeah. and is that right? Is that is does the brand does what I does my messaging does my brand design the elements I can control do they represent what? this is and and then therefore trying to stay as close to that once you know where that kind of that is and it will evolve i guess as well to mm-hmm. a certain degree Definitely. just staying as close to that line as possible so it's that continual listening i suppose that yet oh, again we could have got it wrong not that our, I mean, our handbags don't have a logo yet but it can it's only be a matter of time once once you and i've worked out how to make a handbag i think we can we're away with the business um but what we could have done was what we could have done with our handbags is that you being the a major crafter and you're very good at stitching and you make beautiful but unique stitching on the leather handbags and I'm actually all about the color and I'm extremely skilled at making it this color you might find that actually you said it's the color thing that's what we're going to do that's my our brand is color we're going to have a our logo is going to be multicolored um handbags dancing on the pin of a needle or something you know breaks we decided that's what it is and actually once you start talking to your audience you that's not why your audience buy it they buy it because it's got a big inside and three pockets 
that's yeah. what's valuable to them. They can get everything in it and it's got different pockets. So they never lose their phone. Actually, it's a bit annoying that it's these rash colours because really doesn't suit my my clothing at all. But it's such a brilliant shape, space and everything, leather. I, I buy it anyway. So that's why you've got to listen because you might have got, got it wrong. You might not understand what, what you feel is not necessarily what your audience feels about your brand. Yeah, exactly. And, that, and that's the thing, isn't it? That listening and understanding and saying, yeah, what, what are the aspects of the product that we have? And then, you know, therefore, and again, going all the way back to sort of your personas, your audience and understanding, well, actually it's people who want a practical handbag. They want that, but they also, they love buying locally, produced or within at least the country uh-huh. you know so the country the, the the region regionally produced handbags if that's where your audience are so again if we've got yep. cotswold handbags they still think well it's a it's a sort of in a nice cotswolds and, and there you go Let, let's even put that if we're going to put cotswold handbags in the title of our company um what are we why are we bothering in cotswolds we want to geographically locate it because what when you say the word cotswolds i will have things i i i see sheep in a field mm-hmm. and places like burford and chipping Norton yep. and nice little architecture flowers exactly honey colored stone with roses yeah. growing up on a beautiful cottage in the middle of a summer's day yep. very english prestigious you know quite quite you know nice you know you think of money think of wealth definitely yeah, you don't you absolutely. don't think of cotswolds even the people who watch you know this this country etc and, and things like that it's not all everybody sitting there these beautiful gorgeous no. mansions it's there's there are you know all sort all all life is here there are there are all sorts of um people living within the area of the cotswold but yep. the, the cachet of the name cotswolds immediately makes you think of Huge. well that's high end isn't it that's yeah, high end absolutely. that's nice very english and we've immediately you know we've just with one word we we know no other assets with one word so we're yep. sitting on this handbag shop it's called cotswolds handbags and they're made in the middle yep. of cotswolds they happen to be made there but we we're not calling them i don't know um great chew handbags or something like that or nobody or, knows where that is exactly it's cotswold handbags and that will give you that that brand immediately a brand association yep. has come in someone's head and then that will feed a whole load of other stuff as well, yeah. won't it? Um, but it's it's just it it is these small elements yeah. that do it. But then it it I think everyone marketers are almost like slightly worried, like I said earlier on, because things run away. They 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 once you once oh, you've yeah. created a a monster yep. brand, it it it's no longer yours. It's sort of as no. particularly as a business, like a small business that we set it up. It's sort of well, I've set this up and this is the brand, and I'm these are the colors, and this is, this is what I'm doing, and yeah, and as you say, then it's it's gone uh, it, it, yeah, it's, completely you don't own it anymore really <clears throat> yeah got, I mean, there's a maybelline when i was when i was younger because i'm very maybelline used to be a really really old ladies stuff that was it was makeup that only really if you were young it was an embarrassment you, you, if you had to borrow it it was hugely enormously embarrassing because it was what your granny used but now now they've got maybelline the london look they have very, very cleverly made that more vibrant, urban, really quite cool, dynamic. They've they, Their television adverts have done it by making, it's only by young people doing it, and it's the London look. So in a way, they're kind of getting, they've squashed their brand. They don't, they do say Maybelline the London look, but Maybelline is said in quite a quiet voice. Mm. And then it's the London look is kind of the loud bit. And that's exactly what you've done, what we're doing Cotswoldness, they've done with London look. I mean, they could have done it with, in fact, they, who knows? I don't know, but they might market it as the New York look in America. One doesn't know. 
but it's that kind of urban, a bit gritty, get away with it, have fun approach. And they've probably priced themselves as well because the London look is probably mid-price. Mm. It's not, you know, the Buckingham Palace look, it's the London look. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, well, that's the thing. And I suppose that these are the, because these are things that people are really interested in, the, the, the levers, the brand levers, aren't they? The things yeah. that you that you can do. But then the actual, the the fact that, again, if because because we know that brand is something that is so deeply embedded within your audience's minds, and it's not going to be an easy oil tanker to turn around quickly, yeah. but it, so you, if you are going to change aspects of your brand and, and, and go for a different audience, you really are going to have to invest yeah. literally invest in 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 the uh, the change to uh products potentially but also the the marketing campaign and really you have to get the company behind it don't you really you have to sort of buy into it and say this is the direction we're going so that's where leadership comes in i suppose if someone could usually it's where people have been failing isn't it like a, a company sort of going a bit downhill it's it seems a lot you quite often say it, don't you when you go to a local pub sometimes you think oh it's lost its way this pub's lost its way this cafe's lost its way like it used to feel that we walk in here and it felt nice. It felt clean. It felt quite, you know, sorted. It had a good menu. Food was good and everything. So the, the elements of the actual product, but then sometimes you're willing to, you know, if you don't get the best meal, sometimes you think, but it's still a really nice space. It's got a lovely roaring fire and everything. Yeah. And these are all the a- elements that make you think, I want to go and enjoy that experience of being in that yeah. place or interacting with that brand. But if it loses its way, and it then starts to become more like, oh no, but it's just people coming for takeaway now, and it just yep, feels a bit, absolutely. you know, but but common a garden, and it's not so special, we'll, you know. But you have to say, we're yeah, investing in where it's going in in, in yeah. one direction or another. No, actually, describe the reason I was just looking down just then is because there's a great book that I'm just called Build a Brand in Thirty Days, and it takes you through the process of building a brand. And one of those is brand values. That's another thing that you will all have experienced. Those of you that work in an office at some point. Head, the head office somewhere in marketing they've gone we've got to have brand values and you will suddenly be given a list of them you'll be given a list of brand values you might, they might be on a on a coaster or you might get a poster right in front of you or all of a sudden strange words are written on the walls and you're meant to take them in you might have somewhere between eight and twelve brand values which are meant to feed your soul now this is where I always think brand values are can be completely pointless because I've, this book describes them. It says a lot of them aren't bland. They're bland values because <laughs> they're, they'll often use really fatal words like reliable and authoritative and good value. And you think that that would assume that what some of you, as soon as your audience is stupid, that they're going to go down and go, God, I'd never really thought that good value was important before because I've been using this place that rips me off all the time. Why don't I suddenly buy this? Because it seems to be good value. It's kind of a pointless brand value. Mm. One would hope that you're giving them brand value. That's that's an assumption. You ought to be doing an innovative. That's another completely bland value. Everyone is. Yeah. You know, there ought to be things like um, happy or uh, challenging even, things mm. that you, that don't make your customers go, yeah, of course, it always yeah. works. It ought to be make things that make your customers think about your brand. Mm. Yeah, I mean, it was like saying, yeah, joyful or something like that, or, you know, or 
moments of inspiration or mo moments yeah. of happiness moments of magical you know yeah moments of magic yeah things like yeah, that exactly you know, you're changing. i almost feel like if you have head office and you have a large company you, with brand values what you should do is send around some of those pull-up banners and and things posters on the wall and just say our brand values are and have three blank lines and get them to get the employees to actually fill it in yep. um each each quarter each six every six months or something and say what is it and then we'll, we'll take them all back to head office and look at them and say okay so that's what people actually um feel because yeah. again it's like who owns the brand values is it somebody that's at head really office who says this is what the this is what we are because i'm the ceo yep. this is what we are uh, and i've got my management team here who say this is what we are i mean of course yes okay you have a large company you can't be sort of all the time being all things to all people but clearly again it's this, it's like finding a single-minded proposition isn't it it's like refine 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 and just accept the fact that you don't own it you don't own the culture of a company you can no. do things that help chart the course chart the direction and, and influence just like with brand assets you know you use things to you know like if our Cotswold handbags we're not going to have a skull and crossbones and you know like a i don't know like a kind of tattoo parlor kind of livery no exactly. um unless that's probably what we're not going, going to use for. neon lights exactly yeah you know we're gonna have we're gonna have like i mean i see it in my mind's eye like a nice embossed badge you know perhaps with a cotswold sheep on or something yes. like that or you know exactly. it's going to be a nice sort of you know gen gentle genteel kind of going by what we, we might have in our heads about our cotswold yeah. handbags um or just a you know a very sort of you know minimalist kind of approach but anyway in terms of what we're what we're doing to try and influence people who are new to the brand so obviously the brand exists in the minds of the people who already know about it but what are we trying to say to people who don't know about it particularly yeah. for a small uh -huh. business um but also then as you say what as the company grows the culture the people represent the brand uh, yeah. in terms of how they talk about it but they if particularly customer service people, if they're talking to the customers day by day, as we say with sales yeah. as well, they kind of get to know what this does really mean. And, and therefore yeah. there shouldn't be this top down approach. And this it's again, it's about control, isn't it? People like to feel they can control what the brand is. And when they change a logo, they feel good about it because they feel that they have they have ownership they have control yeah. of it and i think it's absolute rubbish actually <laughs> they do it I all absolutely do. <laughs> um, top top down saying this is what this brand is is kind of completely purposeless because you're absolutely right it's the salesperson or the customer service person on the phone that when they say oh yes i'm phoning from nike if they get if they constantly get oh really that's exciting that's great but if they get either complete silence or oh no i'm busy just at the minute that's what your brand is. And that's who you ought to be talking to. You ought to be talking to your, the, the front end people who are as close to your customers as you, as you can get, not the MD who thinks that actually it works really well when he's got that, his luggage comes through quicker on off, off his first class flight when he puts his Nike brand on it. Yeah. Nah. Exactly, exactly. I mean, I, it, it's fascinating because an interesting way, a sort of prism to look at brand um, in that sort of idea as well, uh, I find is um, it was a professor, um, who I used to work with at the university who, who, who said about branding specialists and he, he did quite a lot of, of work with branding public bodies. Um, and so okay. very boring, very yeah. dull. So you were saying about the interactions, like, you know, the, the tax, the tax and revenue of the mm. people or the, or the, or the social services or yeah. the library service, or whatever, because they own, you know, so if in the UK it's like, well, a local council is a council and it exists because that's the form of gov local government we have. Um, you know you sometimes see they put lots of money into branding and making themselves look cool and everything but again um, looking at it from that 
side you know can you brand can can you change something where it's a very established sort of service they have they can't suddenly just perhaps sudden say well you know yes we do provide library services but you know we're going to branch out and do some racing car trips of the weekend for people you know so you can buy it from your local libraries what that's not there but the the services again so the customer service what is it that people value about the local library is it actually getting for, for perhaps for some some older people getting time out of the house to see their yeah. friends to then have a coffee mm-hmm. afterwards is it is it for job seekers having free access to the internet and yeah. a decent computer and printing and things like that you know, what what is it what's the service actually providing yeah. and therefore what how do you brand that you know and how do you perceive the brand i think it's just quite an interesting way because it's almost always commercial commercially that we look at branding and that's the only place we think we can really influence things but actually it it's it is looking through that lens is i think quite interesting to then understand more about what it actually is um because again you because because you're limited potentially by not being able to rebrand the government necessarily although boris johnson seems to have tried recently with the um the new briefing uh uh but i'm not gonna go into any political things i'm just saying that's what that's what they've done that the uk government now has 10 downing streets and the union jacks and everything and 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 you know yeah they're trying very hard they 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 are they must have branding people thinking about that but again looking at something that is quite fixed to a certain degree you know the government the government is the government local government is local government um so what do you change or 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 do you actually just represent more effectively what the services that you're trying to provide if that makes sense sort of no absolutely but some of these are particularly big institutions like um some things work really well. I'm going to forget that. I think it was BP. BP had that great enormous oil spill. And I suspect that one of those things they were most worried about was how long people's memories were going to be about that brand and whether that was going to mean that BP meant oil spill. That's what it, that's all it meant. And I suspect in some parts of the world, that is what BP now means because those bits of the world which are which were destroyed, ruined and are still experiencing the ramifications of this oil spill, for them, BP will mean uh, dirty, messy, don't care, money spinners, loathe them, they're horrible. That will be that. But most people now have probably forgotten I very much doubt that if you said to people, what does BP mean? They'll go, oh, a local garage, they've got quite a nice, they sell nice chocolate in their gas, in their gas stations. Mm. Probably. Yeah. They won't go, oh yeah, bloody oil spill. However, and it's the same about government. If you happen to have had a really good MP who's worked really well with you to solve a problem in your community and she's done it by changing the law and the government, you're going to think, God, this is a brilliant system. This is just fab. It's worked brilliantly. I love being able to talk to my MP. My MP talks in government. It's very powerful. And so for me, and I'm not saying this has happened to me, but it would mean that for me, government would be a positive brand. It would be brilliant. This is absolutely how it works. But if you happen to be a job seeker who's just had their job seeker's allowance cut or taken away, or gov- the word government and that brand is toxic. Mm. So you you you're right. You have to. It depends on your perspective what you think of a brand, and yeah. it, a brand that cuts through that are extraordinary and extremely rare.
Well, that's it for part one of branding, and uh, we'll be back again with part two, of course, uh, where we'll be discussing how you can characterise a brand as a person, an individual. Um, how do we imbue brand throughout the organisation and the people within it? Um, how do brand guidelines work? Can they help you? Do they help you? In which ways do they? Uh, can they be irritating as well as helpful? Um, and what happens when you break a brand or you, you do something that is off-brand, on purpose? Can that create an interesting effect amongst your audiences? So join us once again for part two to discuss all more about branding uh, yet again. And uh, if you have any uh, comments, observations or questions, then please let us know. We're available uh, on Twitter. We're on Facebook. We're also on YouTube. And you can find us, of course, with the podcast on Acast. So uh, get in touch with us or you can email us at uh, meanderspod at gmail.com. And we look forward to seeing you all again soon. Take care, everyone. Bye for now.